keep them warm. Pieces of shit. <laughs> That's definitely a cut I'm using. Welcome back to the Jojatorium. Well, I think we were two whenever uh, it was, we found the, the German Scheiser porn. That's not a lot of each other. You're in twerk classes over there. That's yeah. 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 That's <laughs> the fitness class. Working on them TikTok videos you like so much. Dead face. Just <laughs> <laughs> got right in front of you. Welcome back to the Jojatorium. You know who it is. It's Adam. It's Matt. We're decaying with the boys. And our lawsuit against Amber Heard is scheduled to begin next week. Oh, she's going to be out of money by then. And out of turds. <laughs> The conflict in the Ukraine continues as we're recording this very episode, and they're in need of your support. So if you donate $10 right now to Bash Brew, you'll be able to get your hands on a 22-ounce bomber bottle of Cream World Order, the newest addition to the fantastic lineup of brews here from the Jojatorium. So what's better than a nice, chilled cream ale on a hot summer night next to a campfire? How about knowing that you made a donation to those in need while you enjoy that beverage? So slide right into those DMs at bash underscore brew to place your donation while supplies last. But never fear. If you miss this round of CWO, all you have to do is wait for the next batch to come out because Adam is punching this killer recipe out all summer long. And you don't have to worry about telling what the boys sent you because the boys already know. Welcome back. We still don't have a guest. I tried. <laughs> Nobody likes you. No. <laughs> Everyone's like, you. I saw you break your fucking computer. I don't want to be around you. Yeah. What are you gonna do to us? It's just anger, anger yeah. issues, man. Tons of tons of anger issues. Man, we'll get somebody eventually. We will. We. I think I can convince somebody sooner or later. I don't know. But we'll see. But until then, it's me and you. Let's do it. Yeah, and we're coming up on a very important episode. Um, <clears throat> and you'll find out about that whenever it pops up. We were talking about it before the mics came on. So. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta do something special. Yeah. So before we get into anything, Adam, you brought some delicious beers. It is round one. Put that all together. Call it round one beers. What do we got? You kind of lied, though, because you brought this delicious beer. I did. To me over the weekend. We have St. Amelia, uh, which is a, an American wild ale from our friends up at Cellarworks. So if you want to crack that open, sure. I will. Uh, I'll, I'll read the description because my phone timed out on here. So St. Amelia, like I said, is a wild ale that they double barrel aged in Cabernet barrels. Um, it's actually a uh, Brett uh, Dark Belgian ale, uh, which is St. Eldritch, but then they conditioned it on cherries and in the Cabernet barrels. So we should be getting a funky, comple a funky complexity, deep cherry flavor, and an elegant effervescence. Because it was bottle conditioned, so it should be yeah. well carved. It really, you can see too. I I didn't pour it like a douche, but oh. I definitely got the head on it. It looks like yeah, it should be like bubbly like champagne. Yeah, I can. You know, when you go to smell champagne, you can kind of you get the bubbles in your nose a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's what this is doing for me right now. So go take your first sip, and I'll tell everybody where they can find Cellarworks. Search them out on social media. Cellarworks Brewing. Uh, they are on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. They are friends of the podcast. So we love them very much, uh, and they punch out great brews especially this one and they have a great sour series so whenever you see those coming out you have to get your hands on it puffed is top notch so what are you thinking adam great stuff uh they make a bunch of great stuff including this um yeah i get i get the smell of like the brett and the belgian that dark belgian ale smell that spice mm -hmm. that you get from a belgian um but the, and then in the taste it's a uh, very tart, very tart wild ale, and then you get all that barrel in the back end. Yeah, the cherry, the, the cherries, cherries are in the barrel too. Yeah, yep. yeah. that night, that nice, uh, like that deep red cherry taste, like very, like almost like an over ripened cherry, a little bit, but it just hangs around right there at the barrel, the start of the barrel flavor. This is really good, man, uh, from start to finish. Good this is a nice profile. little treat. We we got fancy this. We this did. Week, huh? I think we're getting even. We're, 
we're gonna stay as fancy, maybe a little fancy. We're, gonna, we're going, round. we're going big bottles all yeah. day. Spoiler alert for round two. <laughs> and you'll see what that is. All you do is hang in there and see us on the other side. But before we do that, let's continue on drinking this beer from Cellar Works and dive into round one. So we are a combat sports podcast, and there has been some combat in the news. Most notably, everyone's talking about it, the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial, uh, where Depp has finally been declared the winner of this defamation suit for the tune of $15 million. After legal fees, I think that Amber Heard's on the hook for about $10 million. It's eight point something. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, And I don't think is, she got it. No, she doesn't. <laughs> because uh, she, she tried to confuse everybody with the whole pledge and donate thing. Yeah. <laughs> None of those words meant that you gave money to anything. Nope. Yeah. Those are what we call stalling words. <laughs> so I want to take a look here, though, because there were, a lot of, there were a lot of memes that came out here. I mean, most notably, of course, everyone knows that Amber Heard shits the bed. You know. Amber Turd. Shout out to oh, my wow. bed shitters out there. You're all right. She doesn't reflect you and who you are. She's a whole different kind of person. I shit the bed quite often. But yeah. not literally. Yeah, yeah. I fuck up a lot. <laughs> I shit the yeah. Bed in yeah. Life. In general, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what we got to do here is take a look at some of the some of the quotes from this thing. There's, and I'm just gonna say right now, um, you could tell this was a very toxic relationship. These two are really going after each other, and this also lets you know that these two really didn't like each other, and they had at all times like, I have to have my phone ready because you're gonna do some shit, and I gotta make sure I have it on camera because who knows when I'm gonna need it. You needed it here for a defamation suit. So this is discovery from Amber Heard's attorney. Uh, that statements that Depp had made that were on record, um, quote, you, you're a whore and I hate you and I want to finish. I, I think that was in regards to his mega pint of wine. Cause that was another big thing. That was mega the mega pint. pint of wine. I get irrational when you're making movies. Mega I get pint. jealous and fucking crazy and weird. And we fight a lot more. So you would think as two actors, if the main job is acting and you don't like it, why are you with an actor? Right. <laughs> Maybe don't date an actress. And then the last one here in this line of questioning, which kind of put Depp in a hot seat, he said, I headbutted you in the fucking forehead that doesn't break a nose. Accurate. The physiology <laughs> adds up here, but don't headbutt your spouse? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, so then Depp's testimony, uh, one of the things that stood out for me here was uh, – this came through where he actually corrected somebody he said, I see a detail that I had forgotten. Uh, Mrs. Heard had taken my cigarette from the ashtray and put it out on my face. Ouch. Um, these are just four things I pulled from it. Cause I can't watch all of it. It's too much. It's watching two people that have lost touch with reality, fight each other in, in a court of law. It's really disturbing. That's that. That's that union town parenting right there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, isn't put it? Yeah. Cigarette out on. Yeah. I told you to put that away. Come here. <laughs> so there are tons of other quotes that go even beyond this. This trial was nuts. I'm glad it's over. This one's over. I think there's a counter suit going on right now. Uh, we just got to say here, we, we just got a mental health awareness month. Um, but to always take it seriously, man. It, every month of the year, uh, this is a prime example of why you can never give up checking your own mental health or the, or the mental health of your friends or family. This kind of stuff should not be happening. So be cognizant of what you're doing. Yeah, he almost lost a finger or did lose the tip of his finger, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. With a, with, from a broken mega pint wine bottle. <laughs> I was drinking a mega Freaking pint of wine. Crazy oh. stuff. So we are going to go into combat sports news. So from Buckle to Bell to Bellator and back, the boys bringing the best wrestling news in the biz. Combat on the ball field. Just because it doesn't happen in a ring doesn't mean it's not combat. And uh, this story has been making some rounds. And this thing fascinates me because, Adam, you play fantasy football, don't you? I do. Yeah. Do you ever find it to where you want to, like, choke out somebody that you're playing fantasy football with? No. No. no I mean, not simply from fantasy football. <laughs> yeah. I just not like them in the real life. Yeah. Yeah. Not adding a layer of fantasy on top of it. That'd be like if I went back and slapped my old dungeon master from Dungeons and Dragons right. from high school. Right. <laughs> or you're like, the way you fucking handled that. <laughs> so, fantasy football apparently is way more important than either of us could have ever remembered. Because Major League Baseballers, Tommy Pham uh, from the Cincinnati Reds, had some unresolved issues with the Giants, Jacques Patterson. Peterson? Patterson. Peterson. Peterson. Yeah. Looks out. Like that's the way I would, that's yeah, yeah. The way I would read it. 
Uh, so during batting practice leading up to these two teams squaring off, the aforementioned players met on the warning track as they would normally do to like exchange pleasantries and say, how you doing? But what we didn't know whenever this video was spiking up is that Fam had something loaded up in his hand for Jacques. A big old five-finger hello to the face. Oh. Cracked him. Now, everyone was freaking out about this. Like, why the hell would these two guys meet out in the track like that, exchange a slap, and then part ways? So uh, Chad McCormick was the first guy to release this video, and it was later bought out by 96.3, the big jab. So now they're going to be playing that video a ton on their social media. But Fam was questioned later on during a presser, and he accused <laughs> Jacques of cheating in their fancy football league. He said something along the lines of, there was a player I had that got hurt and was ruled out, so I put him on IR, and everyone was accusing me of hoarding players uh, and not dropping him so he'd be on the open market. I don't know how fantasy football works. It depends how you have your league set up. Some yeah. leagues you can do that, some you can't. But all I can say is, I don't care enough about anything that isn't real life that I'm going to go assault somebody for it, especially when I'm a multi-million dollar right. person always on camera. Like, so you do it on camera yeah. in a field, yeah. not a cornfield while not they're, while there are fans there <laughs> yeah. Jeez. in the stands looking at you, but Hey man, to each their own, I guess <laughs> stuff, stuff gets real. Remind me how to play fans football at all this year. <laughs> <laughs> so June is LGBTQ awareness month. And we here in Jojitorium, we fully support our friends and family that in, endorse and support the LGBTQ lifestyle. So, this is where we raise awareness for those who identify in such a community. And what better way for us to kick off this month than to check out a list of wrestlers throughout the years that have been identified as some of the best LGBTQ plus wrestlers in history. And, and current. And still currently rolling, some of them. Still currently going. Yeah. So, we're going to start off with the man, the first ever continental champion, Pat Patterson. This was the first openly gay pro wrestler to be employed by WWE Networks. Now, if you remember Adam, his sexuality was a rumor. Because um, back when he was wrestling, it was still taboo to come out as gay when right. you were wrestling on the circuit, especially in the South. It was very difficult. But uh, he had come out to very uh, close friends and family throughout his career and his personal life. And eventually, he was able to come out publicly on a WWE Network show called Legends. Legends which, House. Yeah, which yeah. is a great show. I watched that show. Yeah. So did you watch the episode when Pat Patterson... Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. What was, did that shock you? Nah, no. No, the, the rumors were pretty well known before yeah. that show even started. So uh, I wasn't shocked. I just figured that's what it was. Yeah. No big deal. Absolutely. Not but yeah, I mean, um, he was one of the top like behind the scenes men in, in WWE for a very long yeah. time. He was an integral part of the attitude era right. as well. Yeah. yeah. A lot of that new generation era, uh, attitude era into like the beginning of the ruthless aggression. Yeah. And then I think he retired was still around the, you know, the business, but wasn't he involved in the training center for a little bit too? Yeah. He was doing something yeah, down yeah. there. Even when he, yeah, was he did a retired. lot of their developmental. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. He was, he's running some kind of Florida thing for a while for them. Yeah. yeah. Before whatever was before Florida championship. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. So, next on the list here is a polarizing character, Chris Canyon. Who better than Canyon? Nobody. Canyon kept his homosexuality to himself during his entire WWE career up until 2000 when he left the company. Um, it has been wildly discussed about how he was abused and denigrated while he was in WWE. Uh, most notably, if, you, if anyone has a chance to go back and look at this, uh, they made him dress up as Boy George pop out of a box and then proceed to get to completely destroyed by a chair shot by the undertaker. Right. Sent him into concussion protocol for a few weeks. Yeah. Uh, it was very difficult for him. So he, you know, he, he, I mean, honestly, he was a man's man when it came down to it because he honored his contract until he was able to leave, leave WWE and went to WCW where he came out almost instantly since he joined the, uh, the corporation. He came out as gay, uh, through writing about his struggles and keeping his homosexuality a secret. Uh, while the ending of his story is tragic because Canyon did take his life, uh, Canyon became a strengthening story for other wrestlers to be true to themselves and who they are. Um, Canyon's uh, wrestling acumen was 
top notch. He was a fantastic wrestler, and I really believe if he was still alive today, he'd be a great spokesperson and conduit for other wrestlers who are trying to struggle and wrestle with their sexuality. Yeah, and he was a he was a real innovator on the offensive end. He did moves, you know, back in the late nineties that people were doing today that are still seen as phenomenal. So, really innovative and made the product. A lot more exciting, and uh, yeah, his behind-the-scenes struggles were rough, though. Yeah. Uh, drug abuse, uh, mental, mentally unwell at times. Um, just thinks, man. He he had a, he had a rough upbringing. And he also had a speech impediment, so it was like he was self-conscious about talking on the mic, even though he's he was really good yeah. at it. Um, but yeah, sad end, but uh, great contributor to wrestling. Absolutely. And speaking of great contributors, uh, the Grand Wizard, Ernie Roth, he was known for his controversial comments and over-the-top appearances. He was one of the most original mic-working heels in the game. Throw a fireball in your face. <laughs> He's a wizard. He's a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> Roth kept his sexuality a secret until his passing when his close family and friends confirmed that he was, in fact, gay. Uh, his struggles and mental health are well documented, which, much like Canyon, serves this day as a beacon of hope for other wrestlers grappling with their sexuality. I did not know that one. Yeah. He, I uh, mean, I know who he is, but I didn't know. Yeah, yeah I didn't know he was gay. He um, really set the he set the bar high for the very, the to use the word appropriately, it was a very flamboyant, over-the-top heel that made comments that drove people crazy. Right. Very salacious, but it made great wrestling he was before our time right? he was before yeah. our time yeah yeah but if you take a chance and look up some of his promos i think a couple of them are on youtube yeah, he's like back in the old crockett days yeah he yeah. he was saying some shit man <laughs> so speaking of saying some shit one of my favorite wrestlers right now uh nyla rose she is the first openly trans wrestler to sign with a major pro uh, promotion which is aew and she's the first openly trans wrestler to win a major title for a professional wrestling organization now, the great thing about Nyla is that she takes zero shit. And if you want to see an example of that, just go on her Twitter. Follow Nyla Rose on Twitter. She throws it right back. It's a hoot. She has no reservations about throwing it right back in your face. She has faced adversity uh, at shows with people having uh, negative comments and anti-trans signs. And instead of doing something completely out of left field, she does what you know, you think you would do the situation and she has the right thing to say with the sharpest tongue and she represents the transgender community quite well. If I was a transgender individual, I could firmly stand behind Nyla Rose and feel comfortable. Yeah. And I think she stands behind those, um, going through that and, and trying to, you know, decide where they fit in, in this world. I think she's through all LGBTQ, like, she stands up for everybody, but especially the trans community. Yeah. Like, pretty amazing. I, I we, we we diverge on her in ring prowess. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of her, um, but she's she's not bad. She's not terrible. No, no. There's always room for growth. Yeah, yeah. She's also a heel, so maybe she's just doing her job. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and speaking of their job, the last person on his list here, uh, and there's tons more, of course, but the one I really wanted to mention here. It's one of my favorite wrestlers. It's Sunny Kiss. Uh, this gender-fluid professional wrestler is currently signed to AEW. CWO. I love it. She began her career with the Lucha Underground, where she went by the name Exolicious. And I I love Sunny Kiss, especially because she, she her persona matches her name. Exolicious, Sunny Kiss, these are names that match her and what she does. Uh, she became a focal point of professional wrestling and earned herself a 164th ranking in PWI's top 500 in 2020. Nice. Uh, and during that time, if you remember in 2020, the top dogs uh, were, you know, Kenny Omega was up there, Will Ospreay. Uh, uh, oh, gosh. There were so many more. I'm trying uh Shinsuke Nakamura. You had a lot of very upper echelon wrestlers. Dean Ambrose. Well, yeah. John Moxley. Yeah. And then you have Sonny Kiss not – in the bottom, she representing a very high ranking for someone who hadn't had a rank prior. Yeah. Yeah. And top, her, top half of the rankings. Well absolutely. into the top half of the rankings. And her run with Joey Janela was heralded as one of the best tag team runs in AEW and held down TV during the pandemic. How's your foot, Joey? Yeah. <laughs> How's that foot, Joey? Super kick of fire. <laughs> so this is only a short list. 
of awesome personalities, like I said. Um, this list could go on and on. But this is a testament to those who step up and celebrate themselves with pride and confidence. So, cheers to you. Cheers. Boom. So, Adam, we got to hang out the other day. And we got to watch AEW Double or Nothing. Yeah, we had a cool, we had a good crew down here. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. Enjoying the card. I, I did not pay very much attention. I had to go back and rewatch <laughs> the whole thing, but um, I had a blast. Adam put me in a sharpshooter. I did, and you can see the clip right here. Yeah. Standing. That's all I gotta do. You actually know what you're doing. I didn't do it perfectly. I kind of Boston crabbed your legs a little bit, but you you have some long ass legs. I sold it. Short ass legs. I sold it. You did sell it. Sold it. Yeah. So uh, speaking of selling it, man, AEW put together a great card here. My only qualm before we get into this is it's too damn long. It's too long. It's five hours of wrestling. It's too long. I was okay with it because I was drinking with my friends. True. But if I was watching it by myself, I would have been dying. Yeah. (laughs) I would have been dying. So let's briefly look through some of these matches here. Uh, I don't think there was really much of a stinker in the group, but we're going to kick it off with the buy-in. We'll see about that. (laughs) (laughs) We have Hookhausen, Hook and Danhausen taking on Tony Nese and uh, Sharp Mark Sterling. Smart Mark Sterling. Sharp. Sharp. Fucking Mark. Smart. You fucking Marks. Marks. So uh, Hookhausen defeats Nice and Sterling in a tag team match that was given a little over five minutes here. Um, not a lot of offense really from Dan Housen, more than he had in his uh, debut against Nice. But right. this was really uh, this was another opportunity to get Hook and Nice into uh, some kind of program together. That's going to progress forward. I think it's going to be a good a good program yeah. moving forward. Neither of them took the pin or get, uh, Dan Housen pinned Mark Sterling. So which made whatever it keeps everything sense. fresh. Yeah. Um, the only criticism, I don't have a criticism of the match. I thought it was fine. Uh, the pre-show, though, was an hour long, and the only match was this five-minute and 20-minute match. Yeah. Same. So we, went, down. we all got pretty buzzed. Yeah. Because uh, we, we kept thinking there would be more matches. And I kept telling you, man, like, oh, there's going to be more. This, this hook housing match is on, but there's going to be something else. I ended up having to know. We'll talk to you about it when I get to the match. But I ended up having to go on a beer run. Yeah. Uh, because we were drinking so much <laughs> in the first hour and a half. <laughs> Too many people. Not enough beers. Yeah. So we go on to the first match of the card here, and one we didn't know was going to happen. Uh, it was Wardlow taking on MJF in a singles match. So you dumb marks might not have thought it was happening. I knew. Oh, we knew. I knew for a hundred percent this was going to happen. Was, I was texting MJF <laughs> all weekend. I knew, and he was texting us back. Friend of the podcast, Maxwell <laughs> Jacob Freeman. Uh, so Wardlow does defeat MJF in a complete squash match. He took yeah. ten power bombs. Wardlow gets the win, gets the AW contract, gets to be a single star, gets the push that he needs. MJF did the job. The best thing about this match is the upside down uh, oxygen, oxygen mask. mask at the end. Boy, get yeah. his eyes. <laughs> Gas them eyes. He's he was smiling too. Oh, he, he was. Friggin', he thought it was freaking hilarious. He knew it. He knew. It was that the, yeah, you better watch the medical up there. I mean. <laughs> CM Punk wasn't happy with WWEs. I don't know if he's going to be happy with upside down oxygen masks. Yeah. Not too good. And we're, uh, worst of all, he got his crappy music back. Yeah, he did. I, you got to change that up. I hate it. Yeah. He's been being called the war pig this whole time. License that music, Tony Khan. Yeah. Get us some war pigs, Black Sabbath. It's oh, right my there. God. Would that be an epic walkout or what? Yeah. Especially like, because th- there's a good intro to that song. Mm-hmm. So you could still have him do the Goldberg backstage walk while it's like the guitars are ramping up. Yeah. Make it happen, Tony. That Kong. sounds so cool. We definitely got to see that. Take that. Take that raise he gave MJF and spend it on licensing <laughs> some Sabbath. So we move on to a match here that was okay. Um, there's a problem here that we'll talk about in a second. But the Hardys, Jeff and Matt, took on the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick. Uh, of course, Brandon Cutler, aka Male Lita, was also there. The problem that we had here is that Jeff, prior to this had a very brutal match with Darby Allen where he sustained some bodily injuries. Yeah, like the week before this, right? Yeah, yeah. It was in the Owen Hart Cup uh, tournament. And then you can see it. Jeff actually takes a pretty hard bump, and he's concussed. Right. So reports are saying now that he actually doesn't remember the match. Yeah. That Matt kept telling Jeff, what, like, hey, man, this is where you jump. Like, jump off, do the swanton here. Uh, Jeff has no recollection after taking the bump on his head of what he did afterwards. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I rewatched ooh. this one back. It's, it's a rough, it's a rough watch. Uh, I had to rewatch it back cause I was on that B double E double R U N B run. Uh, 
down to get some PVR that's still sitting here. Like yeah. I, we didn't even need it. I just got paranoid. Yeah, it's but you know whatever. what your paranoia breeds great selections in beer. Yeah, yeah. Now I got all the best things that are under ten dollars. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's move on to a match here that was very quick and not it wasn't as necessary, but I like seeing these two uh, go at it. The, the chemistry's off though. Uh, Jade Cargill and Anna J. So Jade Cargill defeats Anna J. Pretty handedly. There wasn't a lot of offense here from Anna. Um, little botchy, little stiff. Really wasn't what I wanted to see from these two because uh, Jade Jade's getting a little better. Anna has shown better than this before, and there was no build up to this match, so I really no. didn't. You know, I wasn't really into slap dash together. Yeah. Um, yeah. Probably maybe my least favorite match of the night. Yeah. Going on to my favorite match of the night, a six man tag team match with the House of Black. It's Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, Birdie King taking on Death Triangle, which is Pac, Penta, Oscuro, and Ray Phoenix with Alex Abrahontes on the side. Penta says. Alex is finally back to not dressing like a rip-off Dracula, yeah. which is so nice. Yeah, no Thank more goodness. Halloween outlet store yeah. costumes. So they gave this match 15 minutes and 35 seconds. But let me tell you, this match felt like it was 25 minutes long, but in a good way. Yeah. There's lots of offense. Everybody got something cool in here. I thought that Brody King was the absolute star of this match. Great strength. Showed a lot of agility. He actually slimmed down a little bit, too, mm -hmm. for this match. He, he looked, looked really good. Really good. And, of course, we finally get to see the long-awaited heel turn. Did we not? Yeah. If, uh, what's her name? <laughs> I, I can't Hart. remember. Something Hart. Julia Hart. Julia Hart. There you go, buddy. Yeah. You got it. I, I had to, Honestly, I had to think about it because her build-up to this heel turn was so slow. It's very she, slow. The whole yeah. – I mean, at least it was a good blow-off of – hopefully this is the blow-off yeah. of this feud that got held up because Ray Phoenix, like, Looked like he broke his arm, but it was just it delayed everything four weeks. He got botchosaurus. Yeah, he got botchosaurus. He got straight botchosaurus. We all get a little botchosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the House of Black goes over uh, due to the interference from Julia Hart over the Death Triangle, and I think from here Good. you're going to see Malachi Black and Pack get into a program. I don't think you're going to see the three on three, but it's it's a good way to set the tone for the trios some, belts that are going to be coming break out. Break some shit off. Yeah. Uh, moving to Adam Cole taking on Samoa Joe in the Men's Own Heart Foundation Tournament Final. Uh, Adam Cole beat Samoa Joe pretty clean. There yeah. Were, there wasn't a lot of interference. A little bit there. of interference by Bobby Fish. Yeah. It didn't play into the end. It was just kind of like in the middle. Yeah. Um, good, fast-paced match. I really enjoyed I it. it solid. Yeah. And much like the Britt Baker and Ruby Soho match here where I – honestly, I really thought that Ruby was going to win here, uh, but she ended up being defeated by Britt Baker yeah. in, in a match that wasn't – just keep listening to me, buddy. I know. How I know. But I wasn't so keen on this match. I thought there were a couple of missteps here in this one. I feel like uh, if you know Soho and Baker get more time together, they could probably put on a banger. But uh, th their tag team match they had on Wednesday was great. Was great. Yeah. It was better than this match was. But Adam Cole and Britt Baker get to carry the Owen Hart uh, titles, I think, for a year. It's going to be just like the um, – what you call it, the, the, the ring. diamond ring. Yeah. yeah. So we're, you know, not not a bad thing here, uh, but I wish that this match could have had more to it. I wish they didn't put the two Owen Hart tournament finals back to back either. I wish they spread them out a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm with you there, a weird buddy. Call. Yeah, very much so. I, I don't quite understand. There should have been a match in between. You had matches you could have put in between these two. Um, much like this other six-person mixed tag match that didn't need to happen, American Top Team taking on Frankie Kazarian, Sammy Guevara, and Ty Conte. Oh, this one sucked. Terrible match. <laughs> Absolutely terrible match. Um, Paige Van Zandt wasn't ready for TV, not, let alone a yeah, pay-per-view. Not ready. Um, and I think Frankie Kazarian's attempt to turn on Sammy Guevara didn't play out as solid as they wanted it to. Right. And the only bright spot here was Ty Conte selling that super kick from Sammy Guevara so well. She did sell that very well. That was well done. Yeah. Uh, the other bright spot is since uh, American Top Team won that uh, Sammy can't challenge for the TNT title. So. Yeah, that's over. Yeah, he can. Thank never... goodness that program's over. Scorpio Sky can move on to something better. Yeah, and, and he will too. I, I really want to see him. Uh, I want to see this Ethan Page Scorpio Sky thing kind of implode a little bit. Let Ethan Page do something. Yeah, I want to yeah. see Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky kind of go at it a little bit too. I don't even need them to go at it. I just need them to both be singles. 
I don't yeah, even care nice. if they're still in the stable. Just yeah. like, I mean, Scorpio's got a singles belt. Like, you yeah. don't need to be right smushing yeah. them into a tag team every chance you get. Speaking of smushing things into places, Kyle O'Reilly took on Darby Allen in a match. He didn't. smushed his face into Darby <laughs> Allen's. Wait, did I say face? He smushed his foot into Darby Allen's hey, face. There he we smushed go. His face into his face, with his face got he kicked faced. His, he kicked his face out of his face. <laughs> Man, if you couldn't tell, Adams a Kyle O'Reilly best fan. match of the night right here. <laughs> This match was good because these are two really good wrestlers, but this is a match more reserved for TV. This is a this is a dynamite or a rampage match. Don't don't really need to see it on pay per view. Yeah, so I, I I heard these were both this match and the match before were both kind of thrown on the card. Yeah, in the spot they were in case Martha Hart went long. They wanted to give Martha Hart all the time she needed. Yeah, so like whatever she didn't use got filled up by nice. these two matches. Well, that's good. I'm glad that's, to give that's her that what time. I heard from the dirt sheets, but. Dirty, dirty, dirt cheaters. Yeah, they basically like carved out a half an hour for her to talk, which oh, she wow. did not take no. nearly that. It was a very nice, quick to the point. She thing. had a nice hat that was a bow that she called a hat. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on here to Thunder Rosa taking on Serena Deeb. This is my one of my favorite matches of the night. I thought Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb put on a clinic here. Serena Deeb is hands down in the top three female wrestlers not just in AEW but quite literally in the world right now I think she just has the stuff she's got the promo skills she's got the look she got the skill set I really like her stuff man yeah it's a shame she got thrown in against Thunder Rosa this early because yeah. like it was kind of telegraphed that Thunder Rosa was gonna win yeah but the match you're right was probably one of the top definitely in the top three of the night yeah I really enjoyed this one uh Moving on to a match that I don't even want to spend too much time on, Anarchy in the Arena. Why it, not? It was awesome. So many people were saying it was awesome. I got to rewatch it a third time, to be honest. Um, watching it live, I could not concentrate. It, it, there were so many camera cuts, so much. Yeah. It just seemed messy. They're too sloggy for me. I don't like. I don't like the big matches like this. I didn't like the. I didn't like the blood and guts. I didn't like the stadium stampede. I wasn't a big fan of those because. You really don't have the opportunity to see people evolve in the ring with the people they're wrestling. So I kind of get lost. Do you in like the sauce. other big sloggy matches there, like done in other organizations? Mm -mm. Like, uh, oh, what's that one called? War Games! <laughs> Do you like War Games? Can you say that again for everyone? Bloody War Games! <laughs> yeah, I like War Games a lot. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Yeah. It's not that the, when he says blood and guts, doesn't have quite the same ring to it. Because blood and guts. Blood and guts. <laughs> Tea and crumpets. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of this match. I didn't really like it too much. Um, but the you know the sports entertainers went over as they were they should have done. Um, and then you know now we you thought this would have been it, but we still have Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho <laughs> having to go at it because they're going to do blood and guts in a month. I can't. Stand at least it. it's not all the way to the next pay per view. Yeah, it's true. It's just going to be at uh, I don't know like a special dynamite like the last one. So, so that's good. I can handle that. Whenever they're in Detroit. Detroit, yes. you get it. I think it's the Wednesday after the Forbidden Door. Okay. So or, then or right before one of the two. Moving on to a three-way tag match that was a little too sloggy for my liking. Uh Jurassic Express taking on Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland and then Team Taz. Uh I really would have wished that uh Keith Lee and Swerve would have had more in this match, but it would really boiled down to here was Jurassic Express having to go over because they want to retain the titles, because they inevitably want to have the screw job come in from Christian to to get uh Jungle Boy to, to drop his titles to get into a singles promo. It's fucking funny you say that because this match had a little too much Luchasaurus in it for me, so I hated it. He did a really good job in this match. Shut the fuck <laughs> up, man. He did not. Oh my god. So it, sucked. Ricky Starch got dropped on his neck. I again. couldn't believe that. I oh, thought he was gonna die. Looked brutal. I oh felt bad goodness. for him. So uh Jurassic, Jurassic Express goes over in this match. Uh that's <sighs> what was gonna happen. That's fine. Keep him warm for FTR. That's you what's gonna pieces happen. Pieces of shit. I think that's what's gonna happen here. Jesus man. This beer's hitting me. <laughs> I was ready to say. <laughs> full, full disclosure, it was also a brew day here, so this is not my first beer of the day. <laughs> Keep them warm for FTR, you pieces of shit. <laughs> so, moving on to the, uh, the main event. Did I throw you off? <laughs> a little bit. Just a touch. So, we got CM Punk tanking on Hangman Adam Page. Uh, this match was okay. This match was okay. This match is all right. Um, Can we just say for a second, though, if we really look back at CM Punk's history, 
He is a botchy wrestler. He is to begin with. He is. He he needs to stop doing springboards. Yeah, I think stay off the rope. Um, Stop. Yeah, stick to your stick to your moves. I you know what I I pop plenty hard when you just body slam somebody. Like I don't need them. Yeah, doing crazy stunt wrestling. I didn't need it either, and it was kind of freaking me out that he kept just completely screwing. So he botched. Yeah, he botched two buckshot lariats almost in a row. Like it was almost at like. It was within three minutes of each other. Ugh. The the best part was at the end after he won the belt, he's standing there, he looks right at the camera and goes, never let me do a buckshot lariat again. <laughs> so at least he was uh, self-critical. Well, then, but then he goes on Dynamite the very next uh, taping he and tries, tries to do his springboard. Springboard clothesline. And, yeah. and then he's like, look at the camera like, oh, like, oh damn it. <laughs> and then the ass boys started botching all over the place. Which, par for the course. Yeah. yeah. But uh, whatever. I like seeing him with FTR now. I think that's a pretty cool. That's a fun. That's a threesome. fun trio. Yeah. yeah. That's a threesome I'd like to be the fourth in. You know what I mean? So moving on to some bets. <laughs> Not in that. In a hanging out kind of way. Yeah. Like I'll a, drink all the beer CM Punk doesn't. In like a stable. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Stable stable of boys. Yep. A stable of boys. My boys. Stable. Looking at you at OSW Review. Yeah. My boys stable. They have a whole. I got to get you to watch it. They have a whole segment where they do boys stables and they go like <laughs> they put together their best five mid-card wrestlers it's pretty entertaining i'll check that out yeah. shout the osw yeah so adam it's been a while but we're gonna do a bets of doom ufc 275 is coming out on june 11th of this year at the singapore indoor stadium in kalang singapore so let's just go ahead and run through these real quick so we can go into a break for our sponsors but just know that I've been cooking up a really fun punishment for you if you do lose this one. I did research. I'm pulling up my notes now. This is scary because it's the first time I did no research. Yeah. So a little bit before we get into the picks, this yeah. uh, this card was also supposed to include Robert Whitaker and Marvin Vittori. It got canceled. Whitaker got injured again in training yeah. camp. Um, but it's already been rescheduled for September. That's so. good. I'm glad to see that. Whitaker, yeah, Whitaker I don't. Whitaker, Whitaker gets hurt a lot. He's in training. A, yeah. He's got to switch it up. Who's training with him? I don't know. The, ba- the Bruiser best, Brody, the best and the baddest. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead and we're going to start with a welterweight match. Now, let me just say this too before we start going through this. I do prep for these UFC cards. I did no prep for this UFC card. I did no research. Yeah, and put, I, you put the card in the I did. show notes. And then I also didn't go and look up the phonetic spelling of the names. Oh, well, you know what? I'm not going to help you on I any know. of them. Yeah, it sucks. that's fun for me. Yeah, so uh, we're going to look at a welterweight match here. It's Jack Della and Madalena taking on Ramazan Emev. So, uh, thank you. Jack Della is coming in 11 and 2, 11, 2 and 0, while Ramazan is coming in at 25 and 0. Um, I do know from some other podcasts I listen to that Ramazan has a pretty brutal stand up. So, I'm going to go with a stand up guy here and take Ramazan Emev. Yeah. Yeah, he is good stand up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I am also picking a Mev, but it's because he's coming out of the Dagestan camp. Uh, Wrestling. Yeah, the, the wrestlers, not stand up striker. He has a stand up striking game. I'm sure he has some game, but he finishes most of his fights on the ground. I'm telling and he's going you, against he's brutal. A, he's going against a pretty brutal striker. But I'm I'm mainly picking him because he's good on the ground. Um, he's coming off a very close split decision loss so that he didn't get blown out of the water. And his, uh, the guy he's going against Jack, uh, Madalena. See, I, can, I don't know his name either. I think Madalena. Madalena. That's how there we go. Um, he's, he, he just came off the contender series. He only has two UFC fights. Oh, okay. So, so this is like a combination yeah. of his prior promotion yeah. and the UFC fight. Yeah. Well, coming off the contender series though, that's still gotta be a pretty good challenge. Yeah, but he's only had, he's so he won the, his contenders fight, and then he had one UFC match, and this is his second one. Ooh, that's okay. Yeah. Ooh, so he's kind of untested against this level. A, yeah, against a dude that's like killer on the ground, and he like and he's Jack Dagestani. is completely stand yeah. is completely stand up. Like I don't think he has much of a ground game. Oh so. no, we will see. But I'm taking the man from Dagestan. I would wrestle better. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna move on to a flyweight match here, Rodrigo Bonatorin. Taking on Manel Cape. Uh, we're gonna, Rodrigo is coming in at 16-4 with two no, no contests, while Manel is coming in at 17-6-0. I want his last name to be Kepe. Kepe. <laughs> Kepe. It can be. You know, for you, we'll call it Kepe. I'm just going to call him Manel. Yeah. So, go ahead, Adam. Why don't you go first? Oh, there. you're going to use all my research, huh? I yeah. am picking Manel uh, Cape because he has been on a tear with two first-round KOs in his last two fights, and Botorin has lost 
quite a few fights. All by mostly by decision, mm-hmm. but he's on like four losses and one no contest that got overturned. So And that's what I was gonna say. The yeah. little bit of what I've gotten back and forth is that those two no contests came pretty close to those four losses, yes. which is kinda leading me to believe yeah, the same. Only four losses have all come in a row. Yeah, which, but you know, he might be hungry for a win, but I don't really believe in him. So I'm actually going to run with Cape. He's going to get cracked by the Cape. I mean, it's in the face, eh? I think it's. I think Bitch, it's pretty eh? safe to say you're going to eat the disgusting punishment. <laughs> oh no, it's it's not eating. It's not eating. Oh, I, I promise. Do you want to say what it is nope. when we get done with this? Uh uh-uh. uh right. Nope. Uh, we're going to move into a women's strawweight match here with Welly Zhang going against Wele. Wele? Yeah, come on. Is it Wele? Yeah, she's the one that got knocked out by Rose. That's right. Wele. Wele. Zhang. Going against Joanna. I always fuck her last name up. Good. <laughs> I, I can't say it right now either. I usually know it. <laughs> no vowels in this name. <laughs> <laughs> Janderchik? No. Joanna Gingerchik. Yeah. I can't do it. Joanna. I can usually do it. I can't do it after six beers. <laughs> Joanna. Uh, so uh, Zhang's coming in at twenty one three and zero, and Joanne's coming in at sixteen four and zero. Chinjaycheck, Chinjaycheck. There we go. We'll go with whoever you're saying. Yeah, that's how I'm saying. Um, today. So Zhang's coming off. It's uh, a back to back losses here. While Thug Rose, yes, and Joanna's coming we'll in. Forgot how to fight now. And Joanna also is coming in with a couple losses here. She had a little bit of a slide. So this is more of an equally matched uh, strawweight bout than we normally would see between two. Two stars here. Uh, I'll go first here. I'm taking Zhang. I'm taking Fuck. and I'm taking Zhang with a knockout. I think she's gonna take uh, Joanna's jaw home with her at the end of this I'm one. Looking at my notes. I'm not looking at your notes. So I'm also taking Wele Zhang because yeah, Joanna has kind of a few losses on her record in her yeah. last couple fights, and they're brutal losses too. Right, did you see what her last fight was? March seventh, twenty twenty. So she hasn't fought in over two years. And I think Octagon Rust is real, and I think she's, yeah. she's going to lose. That's tough. That's tough. Was she dealing with an injury, or she just didn't have any fights? Not sure if it was travel restrictions due to COVID or there injury. I yeah. think it was a combo of everything. Oh, that sucks. So we're moving into J-check. a women's flyweight co-main event with Valentina Shevchenko. Got that one. Taking on Talia Santos. Got that one. Ah, Look at that. There you go. Uh, Shevchenko's coming in at 22-3-0, while Santos is coming at 19-1-0. We all know Shevchenko is a complete machine, but Santos is making a name for herself in this division. Oh, you should take her. It's your turn to go first, sir. Oh, I'm taking Shevchenko. <laughs> She's on an eight-fight win streak, and it ain't stopping here. I want to agree Not with gonna you. Not going to put a dent in her. <laughs> Santos ain't going to do shit. I want to say that Santos uh, is going to be able to hold her own as well. And oh, that, go ahead and say it. And that's why I'm going to go with her. I am going to oh! go with Santos for the upset here. You're about to get punished. It's a possibility. That's the only one we differ on so far. Yes. And I, I don't know. We might differ on this last one here, too. Because Maybe. Glover Teixeira is coming in at 33-7-0, going against Yuri Prochakzga. Shakzga. Yuri from Poland, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. Jiri from Poland coming in at 28-3-1. Um, actually, Lots of consonants. More evenly matched than people are giving it credence. Um, uh, Jiri is actually coming in at a strong 28 victory role. I mean, those, those three losses and that one no decision, uh, you're, they're spaced out a little better. Jiri, from my understanding, from the minimal amount of reading I've been doing on this fight card, He's got a good gas tank, and that's what you need against Glover because Glover is a striking machine with a complete spider web jujitsu game. So you got to hope that you can either out strike, out wrestle, or out gas Glover. And I think Jiri can out gas Glover. So I'm going to take Jiri oh in this one. Yeah, we are differing here. Uh, Texera was my favorite MMA fighter of 2021, I believe. If you yeah. go back to our January episode. Um, so I'm taking him. I mean, Jiri got the age advantage, too. Glover's getting up there, and uh, we'll see. I mean, nobody thought he could win the title, and he's put a string of wins. He really has. And, and beat some of the – Brutal wins. Some of the best late heavyweights. Brutal in the last wins. Couple years, yeah. yeah. It'll be – regardless of how these picks go, 
and whoever loses, I think whoever watches this card is going to win. It's a great card from top to bottom, bottom to top. It's a cool card. Really good yeah. card. So we're going to move into a break for some ads from our sponsors because our sponsors love us and we love them. And if you support our sponsors and you support us, and when you support us, we bring some pretty cool stuff. And we do have cool stuff on the horizon for you guys. So we're going to see you on the other side. Joanna Jinjacek. <laughs> Jinjacek. Yeah. Check out the Offtopia podcast where we discuss art, music, and writing. The show is available on all major platforms, and consider joining our Discord and meeting our community. Offtopia. Can't stop, won't stop. Nice ink, Adam. Yeah, I got your name on my ass. <laughs> uh, I was talking about your forearm, though. Oh, yeah, well, I've been taking care of it. Yeah, it looks great, man. Uh, what, what are you using? I'm using Lucky 13's Tattoo Cleanser and Healing Ointment. This ointment is incredibly fresh and invigorating. It effectively removes all surface oils and dirt while not dehydrating your new tattoo. Dude, I actually got some of Lucky 13's Tattoo Balm. It's all natural, not oily, and applies easily. The balm improved my color and definition, and the vibrance on this ink makes it look like it's brand new. Oh yeah, man. I found their products after taking their online quiz and it pointed me in the right direction. Hey, guess what? And right now, if you use our promo code MATA193529, you can save 25% on your entire order from their site. From the first line of your tattoo to the first year of your tattoo and beyond, Lucky 13 has you covered to keep that ink looking fresh. Welcome back. Hopefully you heard something that you like. Because again, when you support our sponsors, you support us. And when you support us, we bring some pretty cool stuff. So we are in round two. Adam, you I think you've procured this beer. Oh, I wasn't ready. Uh-oh. Put them together. We call it round two beers. Round two beers. Bam, 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 bam. What do we got? We got a little something from Quinn Brewery. It is the Fourth and Clyde Scotch Ale. And it is a Scottish-style ale coming in at 8%. Uh, favorite of one... Uh, one of our first fans of the podcast, Dave Stightly. Yes, and, Dave. And Ma and Matt got really excited about this beer and just shot it everywhere. <laughs> so uh, you fill and I'll get a towel. Yeah. So if you want to go on Quinn, let me Brewing, get you a towel. <laughs> if you want to go on Quinn Brewing, I do search my all social media. It's Quinn Brewing Beer Co. on all social media. Erwin PA from Erwin PA. And if you want to find the beer, they are on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, they brew up some pretty cool stuff, and we are having a, a scotch, uh, red scotch ale here. Is it a red scotch? Just a scotch, Just ale. A scotch ale. And I do know they have uh, some pretty decent IPAs and stuff, too. So they do a little bit of everything here. So just go ahead and search them out, and you can give them a follow. And then from there, you can get your hands on some of this delicious brew just like we did. Look that bottle. Let me give you a quick quick rewipe there. Thanks, there buddy. Yeah, cool label, too. You'll be, I think you, I put it up on the screen so you guys are able to see it, but it's a great one. So I'm going to pour you something here. Why don't you go ahead and talk about them? Talk about, I don't have anything to drink. Yeah. Do you talk about Quinn Brewing? Quinn Brewing's a nice place. I've been to their tap room. They're in like a business complex, so it's kind of a unique uh, drinking experience. There's like axe throwing across the hall. I give you a Milko pour. This thing's coming yeah. out very it is carbed carb. up. Yeah. I might have mistreated this beer a little bit. That's okay. I'm going to see if I can get to settle down. In front of the podcast, Jay just shook the fuck out of it. They, uh,. Yeah, they have a they have a very unique tap room. So a full tap room, and then you like walk through the whole tap room, and in the back there's like a little bar where they their service, and then the brewery's right there too, so that you can see. We got this thing cooled down a little bit before we can even take a sip out of it, but I can tell you that I just took a little lick off my thumb, and I do like the caramel flavor that's coming off of that thing. But you can see right here, I don't even have a side pool, and I poured myself a Milko, and I'm covered in this. I, I don't, I, I can smell it. It should be it should be sweet and smoky, kind of like. Let me just smell, smell my pants real quick. I think I get that sweet, smoky flavor. <laughs> what did you do at work today? I definitely. Ooh, that is sweet. Yeah. Watch out, man. That's It screams up the glass. That's sweet, sweet. Oh, yeah. my goodness. It's coming up the glass. All right. Quick. Well, let's get into the social media smackdown. Let this baby calm down. Yeah. I'm put my ears back in, too. I can't hear shit. So, social media smackdown I put out for all you guys out there. Uh, is MJF done with AEW? So, before this whole pay-per-view kicked off, we saw him uh, rumoredly uh, getting a plane ticket to get away from Vegas and possibly not showing up for Double or Nothing. He did show up for Double or Nothing. 
he did do the job for Wardlow, and then he got on to uh, Dynamite that Wednesday where he laid down one of the best promos, I believe, of all time. People were calling it the Pipe Bomb 2.0, and that is a very fitting name because he not only attacked uh, the owner of AW Tony Khan, but he also went after all the stars in the back as well. He made sure that everybody knew that his initial shoot, where he was displeased with his contract, became quite a work. Now, and if you guys don't think this is a work, you're a fucking mark. Fucking Mark. So let's take a look back at this promo he had on here. And also, too. Hi, I'm Matt. <laughs> what? And I'm a Hi, fuck. that's Matt. I'm Adam. You're a fucking Mark. <laughs> <laughs> and all of our listeners are split in the middle, too, by the way, about MJF leaving AEW. But let's go ahead and look back at this uh, promo, which completely decimated. And it was also done in front of a bunch of big wigs from, uh, was it Warner Brothers? They were there? Yeah, there was a new Warner Brothers merger. So Warner Brothers and whoever they just merged with last week. Yeah. They were all in attendance. So we'll start here. I ranked them here. It's a big merger. Lots of execs in attendance. It'd be a shame if something bad were to happen. I created moment after moment after moment for this company. I get no respect. All the boys get to settle for being great. I have to be perfect. Where were you guys when you were calling me an unprofessional piece of shit? All the boys in the back want my spot. Well, you can have it because I don't want to be here anymore. Is it because I'm not chasing star ratings? I'm a generational talent, and you people consistently take me for granted. It's not just you. It's the big guy in the back. Make sure he hoards all the money so he can give it to all the ex-WWE guys he keeps bringing in who can't lace my goddamn boots. Hey, boss, would you treat me better if I was an ex-WWE guy? Look at me, Tony. I want you to fire me. And last but not least, Tony... You're a fucking mark. Beautiful. It was a thing of beauty. You did you did it some justice too. So <laughs> with uh with MJF dropping that promo, it kind of spiked up my interest about some of the be- biggest villains in wrestling history. So Sportskedia uh took a poll from their fans and got the top 10 villains as they voted. Uh, so we have them all ranked here. To go back real quick, you missed yeah. the best part where he said he's actually trained and everybody else is dropping each other on their necks. Oh, yeah. Which I was like, whoa, yeah. so much truth there. It is a lot of truth. Yeah. I'm a big MJF fan. I'll follow him wherever he goes. Absolutely, he goes. yeah. Yeah, but it's a work now. He's going to stay with AEW at least till his contract runs out in 2024. So we have this here, uh, the Sports Kita poll where – Fans got the vote, and we got the top 10 uh, sports uh, pro wrestling villains as voted by their fans. So let's go through a bracket real quick, and let's see who we think of, the, of their top 10. Yeah, sports key is a little fishy sometimes. So this sometimes. Should be fun. This should be fun. So we're gonna, I ranked them. I kind of looked at them myself. I re-ranked them a little bit, try to make the, the bracket a little more fair. So we're going to take uh, the number one seed, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, going against the 10th seed, Rick Rude. Cinderella story for me. Rick Rude takes this. Rick Rude's an awesome fucking heel. He called everybody fat sweat hugs, and I loved it. <laughs> he did, but did he revolutionize several eras of professional wrestling with yes. his heel work? He was the first man to appear on WCW Nitro and Monday Night Raw at the same time. That's right. He did do that. He was a fucking heel. He was a heel. And he had a sick mustache, and he put... Uh, oh. Is he Burt Reynolds? Who's like buff, <laughs> buff ass Burt Reynolds? Oh like God. the Burt Reynolds your mom dreamed about, like that kind of Burt Reynolds. You he know, was awesome. Rick Rude's going and on, and he put somebody's I, wife on the crotch of his. I, that's right, but I can't think of whose wife that was. You know, Rick Rude does take it here because Vince only only came out of like out of retirement to wrestle somebody, and he got real buff on steroids. And that was about it. Vince Kennedy McMahon is a is a real life heel. He is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, how about Eric? Sorry, upset right from the beginning. I love Rick Rude. <laughs> the Undertaker, the cult leader edition of him, uh, and then taking on Eric Bischoff. Fuck Eric Bischoff. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't really care for the cult leader Undertaker, as you like to call him the, the emo taker. Emo taker, yeah. hot topic taker. Hot topic. Yeah, yeah. Eyeliner so, taker. Yeah, so are you still taking Taker over Bischoff? Hello, Stephanie. <laughs> um. Yeah, because you know what? Like, well, I don't want to spoil the list, but you should have NWO on, like, Hogan on here or something. 
Yeah. Well, I, don't I mean, know. I guess all the time, though, he was more of a face than a heel. Very much so, yeah. I mean, his Eric his heel Bischoff. turn was No, nah, Eric Bischoff was just kind of like a like a ratchet version of Paul Heyman when he was a heel manager. Like, Paul Heyman did yeah. it better. So I think Emo Taker okay. so takes it. Emo Taker. He had, a, he had some good supporting roles there. He had like big. Uh, he had Viscera and Midian and the, the APA when they were cool. That's what I was going to say. I think yeah. uh, in his heel stats, he was able to revitalize careers of different guys who fell off, especially uh, Mr. Simmons. I mean, he really, yeah. he really lost his way until he got into the APA thing. So that was good. How about the Game Master, Kevin Sullivan, taking on Raven? This is a tough one, man, because the Game Master, Kevin Sullivan, was actually one of the best heels in the game. <laughs> he was he was a very good heel, but he did some stupid shit. Of course. Like, he had some really goofy stuff he got thrown, and he's, like, four foot two. Not anything against being short, but, like, no. he was also a very round man. He four was like, foot two, he, eyes blue, yeah. round like a ball, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> Looking like an egg with legs. Yeah. I mean, he was funny. I don't know. He looked like some little shrunk down Hulk Hogan. I want to go with Raven only because... I liked Raven a lot. I liked, ECW heel Raven. Yeah. ECW heel Raven was one of the best heels in the game. And he actually was able to be an extreme heel in an extreme wrestling promotion and still felt like he was more brutal than the rest of the roster. I think... If we were older, Kevin Sullivan would take it for us because he also brought like satanic gimmicks and stuff into it, which, which is cool. Is really cool, but that was before I was watching. I was like four when he was yeah. doing that cool shit. I I think uh, Raven kind of hit us whenever we were in the the grunge phase and stuff too. So yeah, I could relate more. with Ra and and Raven did the Raven's Flock thing, not as good with his WCW run, mm -hmm. but yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. Too. It was. It always felt like he was like some kind of like pristine cult he leader. Brought, he brought us Billy Kidman. Yeah, which was necessary. Thank you. Yeah. How about Jake the Snake Roberts taking on Abdullah the Butcher? This is a good such, matchup. This is such a janky list. Not for me. I mean, I hate Abdullah the Butcher. So I I'm do. Going Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah, but. He was one of the best heel promos there were. He was eerie. That's true. Abdullah the Butcher just waddled to the ring. Again, not trying to no, but, shame people for their features. But. But his his claim to fame was cutting he for, people. He forked everybody. Yeah, he stabbed people. He cut everybody fork. up. That was his big thing. Yeah, and he didn't really have more of a cerebral approach. He was like, "I'm just gonna make you bleed." Yeah. So yeah, we'll go. We'll go snake. We'll go snake. Roberts yeah, my boy here. with the pizza cutter now does that better in GCW. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Nick freaking Gage. Nick freaking Gage yeah. does it way better. How about a good matchup here then? Uh, Ric Flair. Going against Luna Vachon. This is a good one. We got that. We finally got a lady in here. Yes. And Luna Vachon was a fucking lady. <laughs> Let me She's tell the you. meanest Canadian I've ever seen. The, she was known to absolutely brutalize her opponents in the ring in shoots just as quickly as she would have worked. I thought she actually had tattoos on her head as a kid. I did too. I think she eventually did get. So, I wouldn't have doubted it because I mean, she, she was married to Bam Bam for a while. So yeah, that was a cool power couple. Yeah. Her and Bam Bam Bigelow. That was really cool. Not to get too far off topic, but uh, yeah. man, to beat the man, to be the man, I'm just gonna mess up everything I say. Today. That's cool. To be the man, you got to beat the man, and Ric Flair's the man. Yeah, he is. So I think he moves on. So you're gonna go with Ric Flair then? I think he might be the top contender. It's you don't get called the dirtiest player in the game and but not be able nothing. to like, come out of the first round here. So I'm gonna go with Ric Flair as well. Um, I wish that his daughter knew how to do what he does, but she doesn't. So we're looking at your boy, Rick Rude, taking on Emo Taker. Hot Topic Taker going against <laughs> Rick, I Fucked we, Your Mom Rude. How about we give how about we give Rick, I Fucked Your Mom Rude a buy and put the Emo Taker against Raven because that's a close. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. That's a good yes, idea. I got my boy into the, yeah, into so the we'll, third we'll round. Push it. We'll push Rick so We're, we're coming in. We're going to have a buy every freaking round at this point. But Just about. Let's yeah. keep going. Emo Taker taking on Raven. Um, Man, I don't know. ECW is a little more brutal and realistic. and I mean, Raven crucified the Sandman on TV. Yeah, but I think Emo Taker had to sell. <laughs> oh, I guess, I guess Emo Taker crucified his people too. <laughs> Lots of people, actually. Um, but I think Emo Taker had to propel his character in a more refined manner than Raven did. I think Raven had the same idea every time. He's like, I'm going to get a flock, I'm going to be brutal, and I'm going to run a cult. Emo Taker went through being a single star and with supernatural powers, then became a cult leader, and then slowly systematically picked off his own cult to then and be... And then joined up with the corporation. Yeah. Okay. I agree with you. Hot Topic Taker for the win! I mean, Emo Taker, Emo Taker also made more money 
in the very much so, so and still does to this day i mean he just doesn't stop making money he's just not sad about it yeah uh how about jake the snake roberts taking on rick flair sorry sorry jake rick rick did it better yeah rick did do it better um unfortunately jake, jake maybe a better or yeah jake maybe had some strong promos but like in ring flair mm-hmm. can back it up better so and, and jake had some uh Wibble wobbles in his career, some blank spots there. Jake had some problems. Some wibble wobbles. Yeah. yeah. Rick had his problems, but Rick was able to continue to fight while he had his problems. Right. <laughs> Jake's problems were too big for him Rick to fight could, Rick could drink a couple old fashions and just... Couple. And, do, and take an hour, <laughs> do an hour-long Broadway match and not fucking blink. It's like Frank's not. She's doing eight ball of Coke and then sing at the <laughs> fucking Opry. <laughs> Speaking of snakes, let's get back to Rick Rude, eh? Yeah. <laughs> So we're going to look at, uh, well, so you have three guys here. You have Rick Root, Emo Taker, and Ric Flair. We could do a triple threat match. Two of these boys are dicking down your mom. <laughs> and one of them's crying about it. So I think it's only fair. <laughs> Let's do a triple threat match here to get through this one. So you got Rick Root taking on Hot Topic Taker, taking on Ric Flair. Um, and I think let's put them all in their prime in, in these eras. So Rick Rude, when he first came to WWE, when he appeared on uh, Monday Night Raw, the same time that he should have, he appeared on Nitro, uh, emo taker at the pinnacle of his cult career. And then Ric Flair, uh, right before he had his first retirement match, kissing all the ladies and making them cry. Yep. Even the fat ones. <laughs> Good old Ric Flair. So who are you taking out of those three? Ric Flair. You're going to take Ric Flair? All time best. I can't All-time best deal. disagree with you. The dirtiest player in the game has to be the dirtiest heel in the game, right? Absolutely. Not only did he have the wrestling acumen, he could win He could win clean, he could win dirty, he had the mic skills, and he had the persona that was heralded not only in America but in Japan as well as all over the different continents. So Ric Flair, he resonates even today. People still want to sign him. He has Oldest his last ride in up. the park, longest line. <laughs> Rick Flair, I'm just baby. Keep saying stuff I love it. Bro. It's so much, it's so good. Uh, so it's so much good. <laughs> I feel so much good. So Rick Flair takes it home for uh, the uh, biggest villain in wrestling history, according to Sportskedia, as revamped by us. Yeah, yeah, we did it better. <laughs> we definitely did it. But they didn't say anything about your mom in their article. They sure didn't. They wanted to, but they're too scared. Piece. We're not pieces of shit. Keep them warm. <laughs> so adam how about some questions from the internet sure okay i so love this segment we got a couple from our fans and we got a couple from the in or one from the internet so uh who is your favorite sports team's rival sports team's rival yeah so like, like your rivalry? favorite your favorite team who's their biggest rivalry with oh i well, i would say currently it's the pittsburgh penguins and their biggest rivals somewhere between the Flyers, but that's kind of falling off. I mean, I think modern day it's the Washington Capitals. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. fuck them. Still the Crosby Ovechkin du- yeah. duel. Duel. Yeah, for the young guns now, old bucks. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so to not to pick the same. <laughs> Both younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> so accomplished. It's like so much, so much money, so much for them to hang their hats on, and I can hang my hat on. Nothing. It just fell on the floor. <laughs> what I like about sports is like he's thirty-two. He's ready for retirement. Yeah. He's so old, and I'm thirty-six. Going oh, like, guess oh. what? I'm thirty-six. Also ready for retirement. <laughs> but did you score a golden goal in the a, fucking Olympics? I need a backyotomy. <laughs> so I'm going to pick the Steelers here on this one against the uh, Baltimore Ravens, especially back yeah. in the '90s. That was uh, it was quite a when they. Two thousands, whenever they had first reestablished that team, that was at, to quote Jr. Slobber knockers yeah. all day, man. That was it was a great. Can't uh, call Cleveland a rivalry anymore, can you? No, you can't. No, uh, Cleveland two point down there in Baltimore is a way better rivalry. Absolutely. If you could pick one wrestler to push to the championship title scene, who would it be? Easy as pie, Kyle O'Reilly, all the way to the top. Yeah. Put the belt on him tomorrow. He's ready. I like your I like your thought process. One I, of the best sellers. Get Ric Flair vibes from him. A very young Ric Flair. He needs a little more seasoning on yeah. him. Um, but he can sell like one of the best. His mic, his baby face mic works good, but I'd like him to be a heel champion. He'd be a great heel champion. 
for sure. Um, I would like to actually take uh, Penta. Penta Oscuro. That'd be cool. I want him to have the TNT title championship. I don't. I don't want him. I think Ray Phoenix could get the world title. I think he could too. A little less botches. I. I just don't think that Penta's style matches up with the people who hang around the heavyweight championship. Right. Because they're they're more they're more grounded. I want him down in that mid card title scene to you, see. To you like, want him flying around? I do. Yeah. I really do. I really do. Maybe that's where Penta should be too. Then maybe. Maybe. Adam, what is your favorite song? I don't like this. It's I don't like tough this question. question. I don't. It's back country for Adam. Yeah, yeah. The beast out himself, beat him <laughs> I don't know if I have like my tastes change rapidly yeah, and weekly. Very much and, so. Um, all time favorite song. I'm not sure if I have one. Do you have one? Uh, yeah, it's uh, Rebel Yell. Shut the fuck. What? It's not Rebel Yell. It is. Which which of the fifty thousand covers? No, oh, it's Billy. Man. Or the original. Billy. Really? Is your favorite song? My favorite song. That's crazy. I never would have seen that come on. Yeah, because you can drive to it, you can drink to it, you can fuck to it, you can fight to it, you can brew beer to it, you can Did you see this on a sketch? You like really ran through this quick. No, that man, was, I just that was really, clever. I did You're all, not wrong. Did all those things to it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, cried, ma, ma, ma. I don't, dude. I don't know if I have one. Um, what's shoot. sadder that I like Rebel Yell or that you don't have a song? No, I. Ooh, ooh, oops! <laughs> Fucking asshole. <laughs> um, I guess my, mine would be something from Sabbath because that's kind of like yeah, what yeah. got me into metal. Like my dad listening to that when I was a kid. I don't know if it would be War Pigs or. Paranoid, probably. Sweet Leaf. Nah, Paranoid, it's got overplayed. Crazy Train, well, Crazy Train's Ozzy button, so. But, yeah, not Paranoid. I mean, Paranoid's a great song. Yeah. I would say either Sweet Leaf or War Pigs. If I had to pick, I'd say War Pigs. I like War Pigs yeah, a lot, and I love it live. Yeah, like, yeah. That's kind of what puts it over the top. Like, I've seen that live, fuck, half a dozen times. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in the rain, which is the coolest. Really awesome, yeah. Um So, yeah, if you're really going to... Put me up against the wall, listeners, and make me pick a favorite song. I guess I'll go with that. Okay. I, I could listen to that in any mood and be fine. Yeah, and that's kind of where I went with, you know, picking mine. I mean, and of course, too, ask me next week, and it's going to be it's like Panic at the Disco or something. <laughs> it's going to be wildly different than what I just picked. <laughs> Mine's going to be Overkill next week. Yeah. Annihilator. <laughs> Face melting licks. So, Adam, we are down here in the Judge's Tourium, and you have some really cool things coming out here with some collaborations, but what is on tap here? And where can you find us? Yeah, uh, we got some thick flare uh, still pouring. It's our strawberry starburst uh, hazy IPA, tasting pretty good right now. And then we have our make peace not war cream ale um, that we talked about at the top to benefit the Ukraine. Uh, so donate to us, and we're going to forward it on to Red Cross Ukraine and Shelter Yulguk over in the Ukraine, which is an animal shelter that. Uh, houses animals everything from farm animals like horses all the way down to kitty cats so they're they're a big shelter with multiple locations they've been having to shuffle animals around as the war goes through the ukraine this conflict it's a fucking war it's fucking terrible it's a war um they need help uh we want to help doing the the littlest week we can i mean i feel like we're we're not going over there but can't we're a small we're a small part of the machine here but we want to help any way we can Um, and we've gotten some great response to it. So mm-hmm. uh, we brewed another batch of the cream out today. Um, so if we do sell out, which it's looking like we might, just give us a couple weeks. We'll have some more bottles for you. Reload, baby. And I'm not going to – I will not accept um, your donations. Still, I have beer for you. It's fine. I, right. I don't need it right away. We're donating at the end of the summer. So yeah. we got we got months to go. Trying so. to stack it up for a one payment kind of thing. Right. Yeah. 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 Cool. We're just going to do one big bulk payment to each of those charities. At, uh, nice. You know, in August, September, cool time frame. Wonderful. And if you want know what's going on with Adam down here in the Brew Lab, it's at Bash underscore Brew on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also find him on Untapped. If you want know to go on the boys down here, the Judge Joint, we were at DecayingWTB on all social media, it's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget about our email. It's DecayingWTB at gmail.com. Check us out on YouTube. Like, subscribe, and share. Hit the little bell so you get notifications. Two easy clicks for you means the world to us. Don't forget about Redbubble, where we sell all of our T-shirts and our dad hats are always $19.52. So from down here in the Judgatorium, 
to wherever you are listening on this beautiful Sunday. Hopefully it's a beautiful Sunday. Until next time, cheers. Cheers. Love you, Marks. Oh, yeah. It's like, come get these guns. Come get these bath salts. Come get these oxys, these roxies, these moxies, these mollies. <laughs> I'll feed you a gator, bitch. <laughs>